Welcome to Ripstop on the Record, a podcast where fabric enthusiasts and DIY gurus discuss all things make your own gear, with the occasional poor attempt at comedy to keep it interesting. I'm Kyle Baker, the owner and founder of Ripstop by the Roll, and we're excited to have you listening. Hey everybody, welcome to Ripstop on the Record episode 52. Today we are talking about the five ways you can cut weight on your current pack. I'm Jameson. I'm Isaac. I'm also Isaac. Okay, okay, I'm Carter. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is that is true. He is Carter. So, uh, quick industry update for you all. It's been a little while since we've had one of these, but I recently came across a really cool company on Instagram called I think it's Arch Industries or A R C H Industries. They're from Italy. Um, but there's a couple of things that I look for or that stay, uh, stand out when I'm ready to do like an industry update. And if you can produce an item that looks like it was made with high-tech machines, or if you're just doing interesting things I've never seen done before, then that's kind of a, a go-to that I'm probably going to talk about in the episode. And Arch Industries is definitely one of those that their stuff looks incredibly professional, but they're also just doing some really interesting things for MYOG packs, at least. Uh, really detailed pieces, really awesome use of colorways and color blocks. Um, and laminates, too. Laminate fabrics. Uh yeah, they're doing some really, really cool stuff. So I would recommend for those of you on Instagram, it's A-R-C-H underscore I-N-D, Arch underscore Industries, I think. Uh, but yeah, check them out or arch-ind.com. But definitely would recommend. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's our industry update. As for internal updates, uh, Isaac, I think you got a tease for us. Yeah, we may possibly, you know, might have some new kits coming for uh, a sale that happens uh, typically, you know, around the end of the November timeframe. Um, there may be one new kit. There may be five new kits. Possibly. Yeah. You'll just have to stay alive till then. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to find out. Yeah. That's all we're saying about that for now, but mm -hmm. keep your eyes out. Let's just say the proxy. Keep your eyes really out, hard. bro. Yeah. Keep your eyes out. Like out of your body. Yes. Remove your eyes. <laughs> you can see it coming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you could like throw your eyeball and then see. Around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be handy. Definitely. Or imagine if you could like take it off and look like under like your project when you're sewing. So you can see like, oh, you know, I, I did sew over the part I wasn't supposed to. Are you guys all right? <laughs> There's a lot of dismemberment talk here. Otherwise, uh, internal wise, just want to say welcome to Miranda our new executive assistant here for Kyle and Jason. Um, she's bringing a lot of expertise to the company that you you may hear her on the episode one day. We don't know. Um, but really, she's just helping everybody out there uh, by helping Jason and Kyle have more time back. So welcome, Miranda, to the team. We're really glad you're part of it. All right. On to the main episode. Let's do it. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we're telling you about the five ways you can cut weight on your current pack. We'll get into what that means here in a second. Yeah, just a quick disclaimer. Um, we love all packs. We don't want to discriminate against any love one particular uh, heavyweight brand. Just love packs. Or any other heavyweight brands that you might be able to find at, you know, like a three-letter big box retailer. Um, yeah, all packs are cool. Just get outside and like use an Alice pack if you have to still works. I would say a disclaimer to the disclaimer is that <laughs> uh, definitely like the most important thing is getting outside making your own gear, making modifications that make experiencing your hobbies 
more experienceable. More fulfilling. No, experienceable. Okay. Um, but yeah, if we were discriminating, uh, Isaac of six months ago wouldn't be on this podcast. So there is growth to be had for all of those out there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say the, the worst that we've done is not going to be about any pack. It's already been done. So hopefully this is actually just a breeze. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Jason Smith, our GM here. He donated his Baltoro 70. 75. I think it's a 75 or something. It's in the seventies, just yeah. like he is, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which one which yeah. age wise like, right? not sure which yeah. which which one is is bigger his age or the leader capacity actually very close um, both of which papyrus. are related to papyrus so i know that but um yeah I mean, jason also both of both the pack and jason have lots and lots of life experience and a know? few patches along we, the way yeah. so we be, we got first-hand experience of how much experience this pack has if you're seeing the youtube video then we just brought the pack up and if you uh aren't on youtube then we actually created a blog for this whole episode with all photos and it's going to talk about all the tips that we have and how much weight we cut off and everything so go check out that blog post in the show notes uh, when it's safe for you to do so don't don't do that if you're driving but yeah shout out to jason he donated this pack um he has a ton of miles on this uh but it was kind of a first idea of saying like how do we help people that are currently own gear make it lighter it's not always feasible to buy a $500 pack. It's not always, you know, you can't just go f- find a DCF pack all the time. Um, unless we're Carter. That's a separate story though. So let's get closer to the details. First off, uh, this is from 2004. In case you guys were wondering, I talked to Jason about that today to figure out. So it's a 2004 Gregory Baltoro 70 something. It's definitely huge. Um, so the idea I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but the idea of buying gear or having gear that you already own and modifying it as your hiking style changes or your needs change or if you just have certain um, features that your pack is lacking since it is designed by someone who's designing for basically millions of people instead of just you I think that that's something that I do way more than I just make stuff from scratch because there are lots of even, you know, like I have a lot of cottage gear. A lot of it I've purchased to support uh, my friends in the cottage industry or to support like the whole DIY, make your own gear, small business movement. But there are still things that I'm like, all right, I know, uh, for instance, I know that I'm going to take even a Z-Pax tent and I'm going to change out the cordage to something that's reflective because it doesn't have reflective cord with it. I'm probably going to change it to a smaller re- reflective cord than th- is on there. Uh, they're just things that I do, it, you know, a, a big concept and something that I have even made fun of people in the past uh, for doing is I get that cutting your toothbrush in a third, it doesn't, that's not changing your outdoor experience. And it would be foolish to say otherwise, but I think that it's a part of like this game that you're playing to be like, hmm, how can I make my hiking experience more enjoyable? Well, if I have all the things that I need and I'm still comfortable, but it's less weight so it's easier to hike that's better in my book right like i so for me it's all just like this mindset that you can get in that's like you're competing against yourself to say all right well how light can i make this but still like have a frame that can hold a bunch of weight still be comfortable yeah uh so that's where it comes from just wanted to say like i know like i'm not recommending that everybody just go out and just so it weighs a pound less that you just like cut off your your 
straps. shoulder straps and your hip belt and you just carry it like a duffel bag. That was something that was important to me in this and is that there was talk of us basically, and we'll get to this more later, but like cutting, you know, let's take off the hip belt. But then it's, it's like a really complex design frame that engineers spent lots of time designing and it carries weight really well. So that's probably too far. But anyways, just wanted to say. Probably would have saved three and a half pounds. If you are someone who's not like, as we call a weight weenie, this this podcast is still for you because there, it's more about a mindset of how can I make my project or like my gear more specific to me and more enjoyable for me. Last caveat, uh, don't feel like you need to do every one of these steps. Right. Just do what you're comfortable with. You might not want to remove a frame sheet or something. And we'll get to those five steps, but just get in the mindset of marginal gains for weight saving, whatever that could look like. Yeah. So we're going to go through five basic things that you can do that we did with this pack that are applicable to probably not just packs, but other gear as well. But, uh, so yeah, number one, our number one way of saving weight on your current pack, uh, zipper pulls, zipper pulls for this pack. There are these massive rubber and like paracord rubber plastic paracord combination, like interwoven things that we cut off. Uh, we did upwards of 0.8 ounces, I think. I feel like this number is actually wrong now. We cut off six, it's eight grams, eight grams, six of those zipper pulls uh, we yanked off. They're all like, I think those are number eight. Yeah, or those five. I think they're eight. So they're number eight zipper pulls or zipper sliders. And they also had like the metal zipper tab on the slider so you can imagine how large that metal <laughs> zipper pull was on number eight zipper with so. the paracord with the plastic with the rubber yeah <laughs> but you probably have the most experience with this carter and you just do reflective cord on every zipper you have pretty much for most things uh the only thing i don't do it with would be like uh like an edc pack because you need to get in and out of that pack like 900 times a week uh so maybe for some of those i wouldn't do that because the idea isn't like it's not i want my pack to be light for edc or whatever like my work bag but i don't i value like being able to grab something huge at the airport and like rip it open real quick when i forget my block of cheese that they think is c4 <laughs> which basically did happen uh when it we did happen i forgot yeah we were together yeah when we came back from vermont i put a big ass <laughs> block of cheese in there and they literally flagged my bag and like brought it over because they thought it was like explosives <laughs> But anyways, um, so you get my point. Yes, I do this all the time. It affects, I personally think that sometimes it makes it function better because you can make the zipper pulls longer. Yeah. You can make them reflective. You can make them accent the pack in a way that it didn't before. So in this case, we added uh, one of our newer products, the 1.0 uh, UHMWPE reflective cord, uh, which I think looks awesome. And also, you can't, can they see this? Not really. Let's but there's be- plenty of grip on there for you to be able to grab, and they work an just the same way. Long. Yeah. Yeah, and you confirm that was eight ounces of zipper pulls. Eight ounces? Eight grams. I keep <laughs> I keep missing that. <laughs> eight grams. Eight grams of zipper pulls. All right, number two out of the five ways to cut weight in your pack is cord and shock cord. Isaac, take it away. <laughs> I mean, yeah, most of the cordage that was on this pack, um, there. so there was cordage in like the – what two or three collars two collars both two collars two collars and a brain but i can't remember if the brain had cordage on it too but at well, least we took the brain off completely yeah. yeah so the the cordage on the two uh cinch collars both of those were like 
one of them was like a flat shoelace cord and then the other one was probably like at least 2.5 millimeters in diameter it was huge um and then they had like regular sized cord locks on them that's uh, the killer yeah and then did it have shock cord on it i don't remember yeah, there were, there were like two pieces down for like the trekking pole loops or something. Were like, uh, yeah, like an absurd amount of places to hold like different poles of different diameters. And yeah. that's something I was gonna say too is that this pack didn't have as much shock cord as it had anything else, mm-hmm. but it was still nine grams worth of shock cord and cord locks. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was mostly those cord locks, like yeah. the the cord locks on the two collars, and then like Carter said, there were random attachment points for ice axes or trekking poles or both i don't i don't even yeah. know what else what you else you would put on so there we, we have three sizes of shock cord here for i'm gonna need help with this there's 332nd there's 116th which 116th. is the smallest 332nd which is in the middle and then 18th inch which is the largest okay so this yeah, had largely 18th on it so you can imagine what a cord lock looks like at 18th shock cord as well as beefy which usually you don't even have to use that size of like smaller cord locks will still work with one H one eighth inch cord. But for some reason they put like the biggest one on it. Uh, and just want to, I know I said this from the beginning, but I think these first two are examples where we're talking about like a half ounce here and a half ounce there. But when you look at, especially if you're looking at the blog too, when you look at the weight difference overall, it's just that mindset of like, okay, well you only saved an ounce by doing this, but those small things, literally add up to being pounds of things that you can remove and they don't they don't affect anything really at all changing the zipper pulls didn't change anything about how you functionality difference yes yeah and you can make it your own too it's kind of cool that you can make this pack something that like you can we have different colors of cord you can make that yours yeah i would even encourage just replacing the shot cord for the same shot cord that it was but check out one of our new colors that we have that might match your bag or accent your bag and be reflective which has function it's not just that you could cut it off yeah. you can just make it your own in general yeah. anyways last thing i'll say because i'm just thinking of all the people out there that are listening to this and like bruh you cut off the you got pliers out and ripped off the zipper pull tab or whatever and i get it but uh humor me for the rest of the podcast and i'm sure that you'll be like hmm maybe i want to change my shot cord out or whatever when you see how much weight we saved overall you might be convinced to think a bit longer all right number three cut excess webbing yeah more or less enough said but tell us what how tell us what we cut off where we cut off and how we got away with that so this is one that even a lot of manufacturers recommend that you do like they send it long on purpose because again they're trying to fit all types of body types and all different gear loadouts so uh in this case we fitted the pack to like an average person i would say obviously a bigger person like putting the pack on me versus like on my wife there would be a huge difference in the amount of webbing she's a lot smaller than i am but fitted it on an average person and then basically just tightened it up, gave some like three inches of room where you could still loosen it if you need to so that it didn't affect any functionality. And then we just cut off the rest. Great examples of this are like load lifters or the hip belt or uh, even the sternum strap. Like all of those things are just small pieces that when you cut them all off, you haven't affected anything on your pack. You've actually made it probably nicer to use. Uh, and then the the other ones that we adjusted were like the roll top thing that goes over the top to secure it, right? That's also left long. So like, unless you're putting a, I don't know, an animal carcass on top of your 
backpack. You, we'll talk, you we'll talk wanna, about that next week. You, you want to have enough to put a bear can up there or however you carry your gear, make sure that it still works for what you're going to do. But I don't think you need nine feet of court or of webbing up at the top. Yeah. And yeah. So that's yeah. how we, that's how we ended up taking this stuff off. So the belt, the sternum strap, the load lifters and the shoulder strap adjustments are pretty similar with most packs, but what was really different cars alluding to was all the straps are on the outside, just as many, like the, all those trekking pole attachments and ice axe attachments and other things, those all came with like a foot of webbing each. So load, as it gets load down, compression. load there, I think three side compressions yeah. per side. Um, so it, what this looked like in terms of specs was we cut off 4.1 ounces of webbing alone. And I mean, I have a Rubbermaid, like a small Rubbermaid bin just of webbing in my cube still just impressed by how much there were. Um, and then two ounces of buckles. Cause most of those webbing came with a full one inch size Duraflex buckle at the end of that male, female side everywhere. Every one of those straps had one basically. So, I mean, overall you're at 6.1 ounces of, webbing and buckles that we cut off just from that technique that you didn't need that yeah i mean you could argue that you might want one side compression but i really for this pack in particular because of the how complex and like sturdy the frame and the frame sheet are the stabilization of your pack is not going to be affected by you having a side compression load here especially with a roll top that can allow you to compress the bag down like on a pack on a frameless bag where having it a certain shape around your bag is more important than a side compression strap or two might make more sense but in this case it's like this thing could probably carry like nine thousand pounds so i don't you're not going to notice uh anything from like squeezing the bag down a little bit closer to your back i can maybe see if you were you know like as you eat your food or consume different things or if you had a smaller load you know if you're going for a shorter distance and maybe see having one of those those side compressions on either side um, just so you can cinch it down a little bit sure. so things don't shift as you're walking. But three on each side <laughs> is definitely overkill. Right. And well, in this case, uh, we probably would have left one, although adding the roll top changes it a little bit because it does allow you to compress it, uh, is that they were placed in spots that were like at the upper and lower extremes. Yeah. So like there was... Uh, for those of you watching, I'm pointing, but for those of you that are not, I'm pointing at the ver- basically the very top of the pack. There was one like right here and then one all the way down towards the hip belt. So if we would have left one of those, you would be compressing nothing. Like you would really want it in like the middle quadrant of what you're working on and the middle third. I think the if there was a third, I don't remember if there was a third, then that compression was like where we eventually cut the side pocket off, which we'll get to in a few minutes as well. Yeah, it was also like diagonal. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, webbing, so, cut it off. It's makes you happy. Number four is remove structural system. Uh, so don't freak out. This is probably the most intimidating piece that we're going to talk about. Um, but it's important that you know your style of hiking, your preferences when hiking, and then it's all about your system as a whole too, what you're carrying, what kind of tent and sleeping bag and things or quilt or things like that. Um, so I'm going to turn this one over to Carter, but don't, don't, count this out yet picture how your what your style is in relation to what carter's saying yeah so i think even more important than your style is like how much stuff you have to carry the most important thing to me is that it's comfortable right so and you're also going to have limitations on what you own so if you already own this pack like jason does there's no like cutting off the hip belt would just make this pack unusable and not comfortable so 
that wasn't an option. We did talk about it briefly, but I was like pretty heavy on like, hey, I don't want to take this off. And I we, think we can save weight in other ways that aren't like that's unrealistic. We so talked we, about it only in terms of like it would be a massive amount of weight cutting. But once we realized that it was integrated to the whole pack, we're like, okay, that's not, that's not worth it anymore. Right. And I think even if it wasn't integrated, like if you could take this hip belt off, I still wouldn't do that. Like yeah. it just doesn't make sense to maybe there are some pieces we could take off, but this is the part where it's like make your gear, uh, keep it usable. And it wouldn't, it just wouldn't, yes, you would save six pounds. The pack would basically weigh, it would be a ripstop nylon tube, but that's not a usable backpack anymore. Now it's, yeah, yeah it's lighter, but you're carrying a drawstring gym bag so, and it's probably <laughs> cutting into your arms. So what are examples of a time where someone could remove some amount of structural system? Sure. So, uh, more and more big box, uh, manufacturers are doing this with their ultralight packs, but certainly in the cottage industry, almost all, uh, framed bags or semi-framed and what i mean by that is that it has a plastic sheet like a frame sheet it's not like a metal frame they make them all removable so that you know and it doesn't affect the way necessarily that the pack carries because of the simplification of the of the frame itself for instance this has like all kinds of like carbon fiber stays and other stuff that like removing it would just alter the pack in a way that wouldn't work but if you just have like a center aluminum stay or two on the sides, taking that out, it takes away a little bit of structure and load transfer, but it's not enough if you're carrying 10 pounds to matter. And for in some ways, it'll make it more comfortable. Like it, the pack is going to conform to you more and can like fit tighter or whatever. But yeah, I mean, most manufacturers now, uh, at least in the cottage space, literally say like, hey, removable frame. Yeah. Even the more complex ones, like a Z-Pax bag, which you really, it already is so light, there's no reason to take it off. You certainly could. It's all designed to, like, you can switch out the hip belt, you could take it off. That stuff can definitely be done without too much harm. Number five, remove excess areas. Kind of a vague title, <laughs> but what we... That's what I say when I go to the barber. Say, <laughs> like, hey man, what kind of cut are you looking for? I'm like, I would just prefer that you remove the excess areas. I've actually been banned from sport clips for that. <laughs> so on this pack for the Beltoro, what that meant for us is that this thing had, let's see, it had a brain, it had an internal pack divider, it had a, a bladder <laughs> carrier yep. pouch, as well as three external pockets that had no association to inside the pack. They were just pockets that you could only reach on the outside for very little things. So those in our mind, we decided were excess areas. Again, it depends on you. If you love that side, if you have a Baltoro 70 and you want that outside pocket, then sure, do do your thing and, and keep that. But we kind of all deemed that that most people hike with additional pouches or like these are not helpful pockets. So those are all areas that we cut off. Um, for us, uh, those or the, the specs on those were the hydration bladder pouch was 1.9 ounces. The brain was six ounces. The pack divider was a half an ounce and the external pockets were 6.8 ounces. It's like over a pound that we saved. Like James said, doesn't mean you have to do that, but if you were to buy a cottage pack, they're not going to have those things on them. Cottage packs do not have six zippered outer pockets on them. Number eight with Hypalon. Because you you cut those off, Isaac. Yeah. What was that material like that you were cutting off? I mean, it it was essentially Hypalon. They they also had like piping in most of them. Uh, I'm assuming for structure. Um, but the piping was like, uh, 
probably like one eighth inch diameter, like plastic um, cord, I guess you would call it. Um, Almost like cable or something. Yeah. But yeah, there was just a lot of like uh, reinforcement areas and like a few reflective areas that were like reflective hypalon or some something yeah. similar to that. So yeah, in general, just very heavyweight, like uh, durable materials and i say durable in quotations because uh heavier weight fabric doesn't always equate to more durable yeah it also doesn't mean that even if it is more durable that you need that there yeah right like the bottom of this pack is like i, I don't even it's like, like vinyl piece. coated yeah something that is like super heavy duty which is fine it's like a small piece it's on the bottom of the pack i get it but do you need that up in the front where that part of the backpack doesn't even touch the ground barely at all like you're just gonna be yeah it just doesn't make sense for those pieces to be there anyways even if they are more durable there's a point of trade-off like do i need high tensile strength meaning like it can hold a lot of weight like under load on a spot where i'm gonna put my keys no you don't need that there uh so yeah um not to beat a dead horse for this point but again it's so much to do with your preference of of hiking and such like a hydration bottle doesn't make sense if you run with soft flasks um, or just certain. smart water bottles or whatever we said these are the five ways and there's this i thought about making this number six but really i just made it tip 5a but the last option that we have is replacing features so i made this 5a because it's all about cutting weight on your pack so you know, adding something doesn't necessarily make it lighter, but sometimes that can alleviate something that you may have wanted to fix earlier. So as we mentioned, this had two collars under the brain before. There was like that one collar with the shock cord or the normal cord and then one with like the shoelace cord above that. And they were maybe only six inches apart. Like I don't, I'm yeah. not, I'm not exactly sure what went on in design there, but the two collars, cinch collars together just didn't work for us. So if you've seen Dune or Star Wars, episode five or six uh it's like the worms that open up their mouth and they got like 10 billion teeth and then like seven more openings inside they got like 40 esophagus esophaguses that's what it looked like soft guys like special forces guys esophageal epiglottis i don't know Isaac, that's what it looks you like you were you were the wizard with the scissors what did we cut off to make all this happen uh the two collars <laughs> we we just cut it off like um where they attached the okay so there were two collars one was like an outer collar and then one was like a lighter denier like cinch collar uh the outer collar was attached to the main frame of the pack um and we just cut like right underneath that where it was bound on the inside um and then that just got rid of both those collars and then we took 0.8 ounce DCF, some uh, grow grain. I forgot, quarter inch grow grain? Half inch grow grain. With the ultralight side release buckle. Yeah, so I basically just emulated like a, a roll top dry bag, if you will. I Once they cut it off, I measured the full width of the top, what was now the top collar, if you will. There was just enough material uh, left there for me to sew on a new one. So I just measured it and then made a tube, sewed that tube onto the big boy tube, also known as the Baltoro 746, <laughs> uh, and big put two buckles tube. on the top. And now it 
is a usable roll top that doesn't weigh a lot. Nothing's changed in terms of the carrying capacity. There actually might be more carrying capacity, but it's just easier to easier to use. You now have a more watertight closure where those two cinch tops didn't provide anything for water protection if you didn't use the brain. Even though the brain was removable, you really wouldn't want to use it without that. And yeah, it's just more usable. It's lighter. And it really was not very hard. The hardest part about sewing it was just that this thing's really heavy. So when you have that. <laughs> you had to have somebody hold the bottom of the pack up so Carter could put it. Feet yeah. Well, and the frame is so rigid and you can't take it out that half the time you're sewing, it's just like sewing a tube onto a tube. And then the other half, it's like sewing the tube onto a tractor trailer. <laughs> it's just so it's like a rigid square that you're trying to sew yeah. a circle onto, but it still wasn't too bad at all. And yeah, I'm happy with the way it works. And it ended up saving us some amount of I was going to say, for the specs, the previous collars uh, weighed in at about 3.2 ounces. The new DCF collar, I'm not going to lie, we forgot to wait ahead of time, so don't hold us to this, but it's about half an ounce. I grabbed some scrap DCF, a little bit of nylon, and one of the side release buckles and tossed it on the scale, and it was half an ounce. So, assuming it's close to that. Yeah, I would say it's probably less. We can In the blog, we can put what it actually is. Um, yeah, I mean, cutting 2.7 ounces with a more functional closure system at the top. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we did leave, you can't see here, you can see in the photos, we did leave that top, there's that central top buckle that goes right over the center of the pack where you can put a, a bear can or food or a jacket or whatever. We left that on there and we left that long, I mean, we cut it, we still cut like eight inches off. It's still quite long though. You could still put a bear can, still put a jacket, still put a food bag, whatever in there. Um, so, I mean, I would argue it's maybe a more waterproof system now not in the brain but i think definitely it's more off, but with it being dcf it's a lot more so reminder that uh all the products and the things that we talked about are listed in the blog there's a ton of notes um oh let's talk about actually tools real quick because we sure. ended up using quite a few for this pack um we mentioned some of the new components a couple episodes that we brought on but those olfa scissors were crucial in this edition i mean they're cutting through some high and stuff was crazy isaac why don't you tell them about those scissors yeah, I mean, they just slice through all that heavy what, stuff. So like, this is not the whole topic of the episode, but like, what makes those scissors so much better than just like the standard Fiskars when you're actually going through heavy stuff? So those scissors are like slightly serrated, um, and so it helps you to get like a better purchase on the material that you're cutting. So if you've ever tried using like normal scissors to cut something uh, that's maybe slightly hard or like round, like sometimes it, the the blades of the scissors will just like slip. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. thing you're trying to cut will yeah. just like slip out. Uh, whereas the Ulfa scissors, um, they're made to reduce that, right? So with the, the serrations, it just bites into it a little bit better. They're also smaller. So you have a lot more dexterity in things like where you're trying to cut off a piece of webbing in front of a piece of hypalon and not cut through the pack too many times. Uh, it's nice that they're they're smaller, but they still have enough leverage to cut stuff off. Yeah. Like when you have a eight inch pair of Fisker scissors or whatever we sell, it's kind of dangerous to just go yeah. in there and try to, it's like bringing a broadsword into a, a place oh, where you don't want a broadsword. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> so we did use the standard eight inch Fiskars. We used the, use those little Olfa or as they're commonly called around our parts, Olaf scissors. Um, we also used uh, a seam ripper to get some of these patches off, which brings me to kind of our final point. For something, if there's a pack that you already own, get some tenacious tape. I mean, it's this pack has been well loved and it looks good considering it's been around since 2004. But 
there, I mean, we weighed it entirely afterwards. So the weight is including a few tenacious tape patches from where Jason maybe fought a thorn bush or perhaps our seam ripper slipped a little bit. I can't confirm. Um, but yeah, get some tenacious tape, clean up some areas and, and protect your pack a bit more. Oh, one other thing I wanted to say about this is uh, still make sure that you're practicing like proper finishing techniques in the term of using a lighter where you can to melt stuff. Because when you cut, when you're cutting a lot of stuff off, most of it will be connected to a seam. So it's not that big of a deal. If it frays, it just goes away. But just be mindful about things that you're cutting off. Like, and if you need to melt down a, a fraying piece of webbing so that it doesn't fray through to the other side and affect like the binding or, or whatever, you know, the stuff that you can melt with a lighter, I would do that. It also just makes it look better so that you, it doesn't look like you left it under your couch for six months and the Roomba couldn't hit it or whatever. But yeah, that was our project, cutting weight on a current pack that we already have. I guess Jason owns it, um, but also just having fun and seeing how much weight we could cut it off. Oh, did we say? I think we should tell people now at the end. Oh, I forgot. The final weight. The oh, first weight was six, six pounds. Three nine pounds was the weight, the initial weigh-in, all the brain, all that stuff. Okay, six point three nine pounds. So if you're if you're by yourself, wager a guess about you heard how much we cut off. Well, if you're really smart, you've memorized all the numbers that we said, and now you've just calculated it, and you already know. In which case, good on you. Yeah, you're very smart. Probably not paying attention to stoplights, but that's fine. If you have somebody with you listening to this, wager something. I'm not endorsing gambling. I'm just saying maybe. Whoever you're with buys dinner. Uh, so we did lose. We did this internally. Carter, Isaac, Jason, and I all put our guesses in. This is what we had. Isaac guessed 4.6 pounds. Jason guessed 4.59. He's trying to be a bit cheeky. Mm-hmm. Carter guessed 5.5. I guess 5.2. So those were our guesses, if that helps you at all. Uh, you can see where our mindset was or how optimistic we were about this starting out. But we are super pleased to say that the final weight after all of this came in at 4.67 pounds yeah so that's almost two pounds of weight that we 1.72 pounds yeah cut off almost two pounds for a pack that in a lot of ways arguably i would say is more functional it's like a watermelon don't get that close to jason (laughs) he's known to crush those with his thighs um but yeah i mean now you can easily carry a watermelon with you so much easier because it has more functionality and this pack is big enough actually funnily enough this pack is currently stuffed with the swd pack that is normally hanging up back here in the wall the whole pack that whole uh ultralight movement pack whatever it's called is is in there right now um yeah 1.72 pounds we're pretty proud of our work and uh yeah, you should do it too. Let us know. Um, like I said, all these products, all the things that we had are, are linked in the blog. Check that out. Let us know what you what you liked and what you look forward to doing on your pack. That'll just about wrap it up for this episode. As always, please like, rate, subscribe, review, comment, share, whatever you want. Let us know what you think about this episode, what you think about uh, the podcast as a whole. I speak for all of us pretty much, but I know that the podcast can be a, a big highlight for us and going to do some of these fun projects. So let us know what you think so we can continue to do this. And then as for future episodes, next up, we're talking to Seek Outside about hunting and ultralight hunting and stuff like that. And then in two episodes, we actually have our two-year anniversary. This thing's been going on for two years now. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. crazy. But we've got a fun episode planned for that one. You guys will see then. Bye. Later. Thanks, everybody.